If you're watching this channel, it's because you don't enjoy watching the world squander what Christendom built, and you want to do your part. Today I'd like to mention one means of doing just that. Email made by and for Catholics. Check out Fide Email. That's F-I-D-E-I dot email. Built for Catholic individuals, families, organizations, and groups. They're private, secure, and of course Catholic. God bless. The worst bishops in the church are celebrating the outcome of the synod. And the better bishops are issuing warnings. Rome is in the grip of fear. Fear of the consequences of trying to correct Francis on his errors. Fear of speaking out against the synod. Fear of very real consequences. This fear has silenced many bishops and priests who would defend the faith from these errors in the form of fraternal corrections. These proposed changes to the faith that we see openly discussed even after the synod are being po made possible by proposed changes to how the church is governed. And the modernist bishops know this all too well, which is why they're all smiles after the synod document was released. So let's dive into this by checking in with the head of the heretical German bishops conference. Headline from katholisch.de, the official German news site of the German bishops. Botzing after world synod. Church wants morality of the flesh to be revised. That's always reassuring, isn't it? To see a bishop claim that the church wants to revise her teachings that come right out of scripture, it's always remarkable when we see these bishops who think they know better than God-breathed scripture, or the fathers of the church, or the magisterium that goes back 2,000 years teaching consistently the same doctrines. But we remember something, as we, we should remember this as we go over this article. Cardinal Mueller warned that the changes to governance in the church is to enable Bishop Botzing and others like him to get their way. From the article, quote, The German Bishops Conference Chairman Georg Botzing described the World Synod's desire for a thorough reversion of Catholic ethics of the flesh as a big step for the universal church. The Limburg bishop made the comments at a press conference in Rome on Sunday morning when asked about a change in the morality of the flesh. Botzing explained, quote, When the synod says that previous formulation in the church's teachings on human beings are no longer sufficient here and that they are moving forward at this point, also with support from science, then this is a huge step forward. He emphasized that, quote, an overwhelming majority of a world of the world church has chosen this formulation and adopted it as their own. This is a big step for the world church, end quote. Earlier this week, I brought to you Cardinal Mueller's warning that the point of the synod of sin was to bring the decision-making power down to the laity, specifically on what constitutes a doctrine of the church. And it's all laid out there for you in the synod document. Already, you see laity chirping online about how doctrine can change and how it's a good thing to change doctrine. The synod explicitly called for the doctrine of the faith regarding morality of the flesh to change to conform to what we know about anthropology and science. Here we see Bishop Botzing, who may be remembered by future church historians as a heresiarch of the false synodal church, cheering for the synod, calling for the morality of the faith to be changed. This is what the heretical German synodal way has been working for since 2019, and frankly before, and now they may get to foist this upon the entire church. Remember, Francis chastised them for going it alone, not for trying to change the morality of the faith. He told them to wait for the whole church. Now, that word of caution may bear serious fruit for the modernists. Not all German bishops agree with this, of course. There's an auxiliary bishop, Bishop Marian Elinganti, 
who writes in cath.net, which is sort of a life site news of Germany, that we're being inundated with a call to change the church and what this truly means for us. Writing about this call to change the church at the Synod, the good bishop says, quote, Instead of the words of God and the wisdom of God, we must read ad nauseum the words of men and the wisdom of men, paraphrases of the gospel instead of the gospel itself. The church must change. So far we have had to, but it cannot be reformed with the desired obviousness and speed that the reformers would like. Processes are therefore needed, laborious, persistent, lengthy ones, which are oiled with the given semantics that have to be repeated everywhere so that they do not get stuck. By, quote, reform, I also mean the historical connotation of a Reformation 2.0, the emphasis on authority and action through baptism, and the new egalitarian, quote, synodality associated with it repeat Reformation axioms and lead to nothing other than an Anglicanization of the Roman Catholic Church. Their sacerdotal modus operandi through the special ministerial priesthood, which acts in a binding and authorized manner, is integrated laically and desacralized despite warnings even from the Protestant side that we should not make the same mistakes as the Reformers. In this respect, synodization and Protestantization are synonyms. Again and again, we are greased with the unctuous ecclesiastical newspeak so that the processes do not get stuck and the new facts, I will no longer list the postulates, can finally be created. End quote. We'll return to Bishop Eleganti in a moment because he has something important to warn us about and we'll turn to him towards the end. Let us now turn to Bishop Athanasius Schneider, who has recently published his own catechism, which bears an imprimatur from an American bishop. Some Pope's planers have said he made some serious errors in those in that book, but those saying those saying that are again Pope's planers citing modernist theologians. So take their claims with a heaping tablespoon of salt if you take them seriously at all. LifeSite brings us a relevant story about the doctrine of the faith involving Bishop Schneider. That outlet interviewed him recently at his book launch, and here's what he had to say on the matter of the doctrine of the faith being under attack in our time. Here you will see him speak of having love for Francis and praying for him constantly, but also about how Rome and the Vatican are in the grips of fear that stifles the ability to offer fraternal correction. Bishops literally fear criticizing Francis. Watch. Your Excellency, Phil Pulella, I am a correspondent for Reuters. Um, how do you see your role? I would venture to say that most of the people in this room are very critical of the current pontiff. Um, so how do you see your role in, in, in talking to the Pope. Will you be seeing him while you're here? First, um, my relationship with the Pope, of course, he is the Peter of our time. Um, I am as a bishop, the member of the college, Collegium of the Bishops, and so the most, and the relationship with the Pope is uh, brothers, the fraternity first. The Pope is not a boss you know, in, in a worldly manner. And the bishops are not employees. This would be very worldly, and this is not correct. Our Lord Jesus Christ said to Peter, exactly Peter, and to the apostles, do not dominate your brothers. And so, therefore, the bishops must have the freedom also to speak to the Pope. 
Otherwise, there is no true fraternal relationship. When I am not able or when I am fearing that when I will speak even an admonition with reverence, of course, to the Pope to help him, then we have no fraternal relationship. There is no true collegiality. There is fear. And this should not be in the Church. And even Pope Francis, uh, he sometimes... Uh, call to bishops to have the parousia, it means this is a free speech, and he likes this. And, and this I try to do, and I, but always in the res respectful form, this is important. So, and when I am in my conscience as a bishop seeing some dangers for the entire body of the church, we are a family, the church is not a, an NGO, or uh, we are a family. In a family, you can, you can say to the father or to the elder brother, respectfully, also some admonitions. And this, this, this climate should be in the church, but this is missing. I am seeing bishops are intimidated, many. They don't have the courage to say something, for the love for the Pope, even. And this, when I am doing, I am really saying this in all my conscience, it is for love for him, for real brotherly love. And I will tell him, Holy Father, I am your best friend. I have never prayed so much for no one in my life as for Pope Francis, really. And when I made some statements, even publicly, I did this for love for him, to help him, as St. Paul did to Peter in Antioch, or as some saints did in the past, St. Bridget, St. Catherine of Siena, they addressed the popes with very clear statements. And so, I think this should be our climate uh, in the church, spiritual. Which may, brings me back to Bishop Elanganti. Here that bishop speaks about a virtual or de facto schism that's already in existence in the church at this time. How much does this reign of fear in Rome play into this? Here we see the bishops say that it's obvious that the modernists won't get their deaconettes or a few other changes they want, which I think is, frankly, really optimistic of him to say that, given the changes to the governance structure of the church that are clearly the irreversible changes Francis has spoken about before. Those changes will lead to real change to doctrine. But that's not the point here. The point is the de facto schism we see all around us now, and if when these changes come down the pike, it's going to get much worse. Quote, it is already becoming apparent that some of these demands will not be met in the future, such as women's priesthood and the abolition of celibacy or women as cardinals. But that doesn't mean that a, quote, dirty schism, dirty because it's not openly declared, isn't continuing to spread, in the form of the facts on the ground. In the end, it is the practice, not the words, that decide. This action is gradually being established, regionally and locally, because it is not possible universally, namely in the parish, in the committee's and their new tailor-made liturgies and decision-making processes. Here we do it like this. You have to comply. Otherwise, you will be singled out according to local church guidelines that implement the new synodality, even if it contradicts church law and church teaching. The pioneers of this movement in Germany say it openly. You have to act locally. There is no other way. But in my opinion, this is nothing other than a creeping schism that is being veiled, anointed and legitimized. No, 
pushed forward with the new synodality. This will increasingly prove to be the case as soon as the reformers' frustration boils over, if the reforms do not go far enough for them in 2024, and once again turn out to be just words. They will then have enough of words, 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 and will follow them with facts, which is what they are already doing. End quote. If they don't get their way at the end of the synod, they're going to go into formal schism. That's his warning. And the thing about this notion of a creeping schism is this. It's happening along the lines of morality and the basic idea that the doctrine of the church can develop to suit these times. And heresy always can, comes with sins of the flesh. Remember that. This is the assumption we see openly spoken of, of the synod by Catholics who clearly are well-read on the theological debates of the time, and perhaps more distressingly by the typical layperson in the pew who just imbibes of whatever is preached to them on Sunday without critically reflecting on it, because they assume that because their priest said it, or because the man the world thinks is Pope says it, that it must be true, that doctrine can change, and that it does change. When unfortunately, that has proven to not always be the case, because to such a degree that in our time we have to know our faith to protect it, and our souls from shepherds who have lost their way. You have to know the faith, because not all doctrines can really change. Because sometimes these shepherds are actually wolves in shepherd's clothing. But what do you make of Bishop Schneider talking about fear in Rome preventing bishops from speaking against the errors we see today? Do you think he's naive since he spoke about his love for Francis? Or do you think he's onto something there? Do you think he's headed for trouble? Given that he published his own catechism and that it's already gotten quite a lot of pushback from Catholic incorporated figures who engage in mental gymnastics to defend practically everything Francis does or says as orthodox and being from God. Let me know what your take is on all of this, and especially on that schism question, in the comments, please. And hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.